Man, what a crazy game. Hello and welcome to Dak and Rick's Pod. I'm Dak. And I'm Rick. And this is Father Sun Podcast where we talk about all things sports. And man, congratulations to your Miami Dolphins on their big time victory. They get the full four seconds of that clap because there's not too much to clap about on the hurricane side. So we got to enjoy it for this Miami Dolphins segment. And how you feeling? 2-0, baby. What a game. What a game. What a comeback. What a team. What a coach. What else can I tell you? Well, it was historic. Let's talk about that history real quick. From 2011 to 2022, teams trailing by 21 plus points in the fourth quarter have a record of 0 and 711. Guess who just changed that 0 to a 1? Unbelievable. The Miami Dolphins, absolutely historic. Tua, uh, um, 36 for 50, 469 yards, six touchdowns, 124 uh, quarterback rating. And those six touchdown ties, Dan Marino and Bob Greasy for the most touchdowns ever thrown in a game, in a single game in Dolphins history. Well, it appears that Tua, for those naysayers or the the haters or whatever, he made them all look wrong, right? He definitely did, man. 469 yards. We do have to mention two interceptions, which were pretty costly. But the defense showed up finally in those last minutes, it seemed. The Dolphins finally showed up. Tyreek Hill caught two amazing throws by Tua, two deep bombs. One of them, well, might you can debate, was underthrown. But the second one, he, he had enough room to run. Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle had himself a gain. Uh, I think a career high in receiving yards for him. I want to say over 150 yards. I want to say Tyreek Hill also had over 150 yards. And uh, Tua threw six touchdowns, two to Waddle, two to... Hill, one to Craycraft, and one to Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki finally showed up. What do you have to say about that? It was unbelievable to watch it. And, and the fact that he was able to spread the wealth to everybody was what makes it even more incredible and makes it more um, more of a team effort. Yeah, it definitely was a team effort. As head coach Mike McDaniel famously today said, that the night before he told the guys he was really hoping for adversity in the game. And apparently they took me a little too literally, end quote from him. What do you have to say about our, our man, Mike McDaniel? <laughs> well, let me tell you, um, you know, up to the half, I was a little bit worried. I was disappointed. I was saying, oh, my God, did, did, is this going to be, again, a one or a two and a three win season? Um, did we make a mistake? Is McDaniel the real deal? Is he putting the right team together? Is two of the real deal? I mean, all these thoughts were going in my head, and I expressed them to you. And, boy, I was so glad that I was wrong and that it's not that – it seems that they are the real deal. They proved it today. McDaniel really did a great coaching job. Him and his entire staff, because as he keeps saying, it's a team effort. This is not a one Shout man. out to Wes Welker. This is not a one-man show. So um, fantastic. Uh, congratulations to McDaniel. Tua did a phenomenal job. You know, he had composure. And you were telling me, Dak, during the, the, um, the halftime, that he was the one out there promoting and really psyching up his teammates. Talk to us about that. No, definitely Tua is turning into a leader. And someone else who is a leader on that team, Tyree Kill. Let's go. Now I'm going to give you more specific stats. 11 receptions, 190 yards, fought through cramps, made it, made the difference because those two touchdowns were scored after he had those cramps. So very important from him. Jalen Waddle, career high, um, 171 yards, 11 receptions, two touchdowns as well. Mike Kosecki, four receptions, 41 yards. We were mentioning earlier, Mike Gusecki finally showed up in a game. And also, the running game kind of showed up. 86 yards. That's a big time for the Miami Dolphins, as we know. Um, Raheem Moster had some big runs. Chase Edmonds as well. Uh, 11 runs for Moster, 51 yards. And for Chase Edmonds, 5 runs, 33 yards. 
not really the run guru that Mike McDaniel's been touted to be, but it's something. We're starting somewhere. Well, you know, like I have to tell you that when I at the beginning of the game, and it reminded me of a little bit. I don't want to go from professional to college, but it reminded me a little bit of yesterday's UM game when I think well, we'll they had a little. A minute, I think go they go got ahead. into the jitters. I think they had the jitters at the beginning. I think they were a little bit nervous. I think they were overwhelmed with the noise and you know even though these are professionals and and you know but the way they were playing the first quarter didn't seem to me that they were really you know that they had their act together they came through they obviously did they obviously got together but i mean think of everything you were talking about the running game well the running game is being established i mean the i think it was in the third or the fourth quarter it really came together um, and what, what's the running back's name? I forgot his name. Mo Raheem, Raheem Moster. Moster. Or Chase I th- Edmonds. I think I think both of them have great potential. Um, the line, you know, the offensive line is doing much better. Uh, the the defensive line is is one of the best in the in the in the uh, NFL. And uh, let's keep in mind that um, let's keep in mind that that they're just putting it all putting it all together. They definitely are, and you know. It's it's interesting, you know, the Dolphins finally making that big comeback, something that seems like that has eluded them for years. The biggest comeback, um, here I'm pulling up the stat, how wild this comeback was. It is the first time in 12 years the Dolphins have come back from a 21-point deficit in the fourth quarter. Last time they did it, I believe, was 2005 versus the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, the Bills came major. out, you know, the Bills came out strong. The Ravens. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. The Ravens came out strong. I mean, they... They said that they knew exactly how they were going offensively, how they were going to deal with the Dolphins' defense. You know, like they had a plan. They had a game plan, and it was working at the beginning. I think they had the defense a little bit off off keel there. Um, but, you know, again, I think that after the halftime, and I don't know what it was that McDaniel told them or fed them or they drank during the uh, halftime in the locker room, but they came out, I think, a little bit of a different team. They definitely did, and you can see that in the time of possession. The Dolphins held the ball for 34 minutes compared to the Ravens' 25. Uh, the Dolphins ran 69 total plays, and the Ravens only ran 54. Something to note, it was a big offensive shootout because both teams only punted the ball twice. And um, both teams' offensive lines held up very, very well as the Dolphins only allowed one sack and the Ravens allowed zero. A very, very different Dolphins defense we saw than the one that played Lamar Jackson last year. It seemed like Harbaugh was ready for them. But yes, can we talk about, although Harbaugh was ready for them, Tua is now 8-1 and one versus Super Bowl winning head coaches, the highest winning percentage in NFL history versus Super Bowl winning coaches in a minimum of six appearances versus them. What do we have to say about Tua as a winner? Last week it was Belichick. This week it was Harbaugh. But let me tell you something. He's, you know, if you really notice, if you really looked at the game and you looked at his, his uh, appearance and how he was handling himself, he was really, you know, he, he really avoided a lot of sacks. He ran. He ran out of the pocket. He... He really did a great job, and let's go to his arm. He showed today that he had an arm. He showed today that he was accurate because there was a lot of defensive players surrounding our tight end, surrounding our the wide receiver. The most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Well, according to Tyreek Hill, and he may, be, he may be right on that because he really threw the ball well, and he threw it strong, and he threw it in between a lot of defensive backs. So you got to give him a lot of credit. And we also have to give credit to the opposing team. Lamar Jackson had 119 yards and one touchdown. Uh, running the ball. That's not even talking about him as a passer. And, you know, with all his contract debates going on right now in Baltimore, we hope for their sake that they can figure it out with him because it seems like he's their man for the future. And at the end of the day, 
Nine carries, 119 yards from your quarterback. I don't think you'd want anything more. And he also threw 21 out of 29, 318 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Let's give um, some props to the opposing team for a second. Mark Jackson, just a generational talent. Yeah, you got to give him credit. And what I'm happy about is he definitely deserves credit. Harbaugh deserves credit. Their their team deserves credit. But what's more important is McDaniel and his team uh, uh, deserve credit. And what's even more important is that today, too, is showing us that he is our future. Well, one can certainly hope so. But now we end the Dolphins, and we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to head into talking about the future of the Miami Hurricanes. And we're back to talk Miami Hurricanes football. And not the greatest showing for Mario Cristobal and the gang as the Hurricanes fell 9-17 to and have fallen from 13th in the nation to 25th in the nation. We'll get into that in a minute because that's an atrocious fall. But the Texas A&M Aggies defeated the Miami Hurricanes 17-19 to in front of 100-plus thousand fans in College Station. And what can we say? It was just a game of missed opportunities for Miami. If Miami capitalizes on a couple more of those, Miami wins. It was a 10-3 to game headed into halftime. Miami looked like they were coming back at the end there. It was just too many missed opportunities, too many just bad, bad decisions by Tyler Van Dyke. You can't miss on half your throws, 21 out of 41, 217 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions from him. Just a very basic night. Henry Parrish, the 100-yard man, didn't do much that night, only 85 yards. And, you know, at the end of the day, he is missing Xavier Restrepo, who is out with a foot injury. We wish him a speedy recovery. But, you know, you can't just rely on one guy. And although the rest of the receivers are very young, Van Dyke needs to bring them to his level or what is going to happen in the Miami hurricane season? Well, you know, you're right. You, you can't, it, football is a team sport. However, you got to understand, let, let, let's create the scene here. They're going into a hostile territory, a hostile environment. Um, a very hostile environment. Let's talk know, about a hundred thousand fans. Hard Rock Stadium barely holds like 60. And when the, and when UM plays here, we don't have, 60,000 It is fans. not a packed arena. So those listening and those stadium. UM fans, we got to start going and showing more support for our uh, Canes. But anyways, going back to the stadium, they're going into this hostile environment. They're going into an environment where the team just lost last week. Everyone knows about and it. a big, big upset to have last Big upset. State. So, I mean, they're, they're really hyped up. They're really excited. They're really... And to be completely fair, Miami played that game like they... Like, you wouldn't have known that Texas A&M had just lost and needed that fire. Like, they had no fire. They had no emotion. And somehow Miami just lost it, in my opinion. They didn't They, they didn't lose the game to Texas A&M. They fired Texas A&M where it's like, oh, if they didn't lose to Appalachian State, Miami would have come in there and dominated. Miami was dominant, if we're being honest. Without a missed, a muffed pump, without messing up on a field goal try, without getting a blocked field goal, this is a completely different game. Absolutely. And keep in mind that Van Dyke... I heard what you said about Restrepo, and I understand that. And, you know, he didn't do that well with the receivers. But, again, the receivers were, I think, brand-new receivers. Well, relatively brand-new. Relatively brand-new. They haven't had the big-game experience. No big-game experience. Not going to this place where you're going to have over 100,000. And let me tell you, that crowd was rowdy. That crowd was noisy. They were ready to go. I believe it is the biggest uh, football stadium in college football. And what do they say that the stadium is the The 12th 12th, man? The 12th man. So, I mean, what more can you say? So, I mean, under the circumstances, I think Van Dyke did okay. I think the team did okay. Obviously, Cristobal has a lot to do with them, a lot of work to be done, continue to be done. 
Uh, they just got to hit the field, uh, I guess, tomorrow and start practicing again and get ready for the next one. Look, the red zone ex- execution was just non-existent. Five trips down there, zero touchdowns, two field goals. Adding that, the muff punt and a bunch of different drops. You know, you only lose by eight in a crowd of 100,000. It really just shows you that the team is good. They're just too young. They're good. They have a good coaching staff. I mean, all the coaching staff that, that they have of former players, of coaches that are experienced, that the ones that Chris Strobel brought with him. I mean, they're, you know, the trader. I mean, it, it just it, it's just a shame, but the reality is I think you're right. I think they did do a good job on the as much as difficult they could do. circumstances. Yeah. However, we can't excuse them. Because when you want to compete, you want to win, you want to get to the bowl games, you got to win. You want to win a national championship. Right. You got to, you know, be ready under all different circumstances and under adversity. That's what it's all about. That's what competition is all about. So they got to step up. Well, in my opinion, this has definitely helped them. I think they will not allow this to happen to them again on an away stadium and in a, well, in listen, a tough you gotta situation. Give, you got to give Texas A&M their due. You know, they're a good, solid football team. They're coached appropriately. They're, they have a good reputation, and they've been working just as hard as the Canes, and they were their home field. So you got to give them their credit. Look, something else you have to give credit to is the Miami offensive line giving up zero sacks. Um, there's definitely some work that needs to be done, but at the end of the day, you can take away a lot of solid positives and look ahead at a game like playing away at Clemson later in November, and that'll probably be an ACC championship-level game, or if not, will be the ACC championship game. So, you know, Miami's already now been through that experience where the young guys won't feel those jitters as much, and it'll be a little bit more manageable. And that's why I said, leading into the segment, you got to look into the future. The future is bright for the Hurricanes, and maybe even like this year they'll get their redemption on that moment by beating Clemson. What do you have to say? They got to take it. Tomorrow, if not today, Cristobal will probably have him on the field, and they just got to start getting ready for the next one. Texas A&M, don't take it away from them. They're a good, solid team. Well, they moved up to number 23 after being 25th in the nation, and somehow the Miami Hurricanes dropped 12 spots, losing to a top 25 team. And not 45-0, to zero, they dropped 12 spots after losing by 8 points. To be fair, in my opinion, the worst uh, rankings in college football, like they act like the team lost forty-five to six, and no, you know, it was a big you have absolutely, and you a have a team drop. like Florida, which um, loses to an unranked team, and um, let me find the stat: uh, Florida loses to an unranked team and drops from twelve to twenty-one, which isn't as big of a drop as the Hurricanes from thirteen to twenty-five. So, it really, just makes no sense how. Uh, the Associated Press puts together these rankings and continues to show the flaws in the college football system. But, oh well, we're here. We're ready to play. Hopefully Mario Cristobal can silence them and force them to put Miami at number one. But for right now, it just seems like Miami's just a little too young. Maybe give them a year or two under Cristobal and they'll be up there in that top five. Yeah, and the Cristobal and all the coaches. I mean, you had Jason Taylor out there working with them. You got, you know... You have Ed Reed. Exactly. You have... All of them that are working, and they, they all have an interest. It's like a personal thing. They want them to win. has nothing to do with money. has nothing to do with prestige. It has nothing to do with any of that. They These individuals, these coaches are professionals. Some are former professionals, as I stated before, and they really want to do the best they can for, for the uh, the Canes. So I have a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, 
a hope for them, and I think they're going to be great. And Cristobal, I think, is going to be excellent. I think he's going to keep recruiting. I think people, uh, the players are going to continue to want to come to UM. And um, I think they're going to do good next week. Who are they playing next week? They are playing Middle Tennessee, so that should be another easy victory for the Canes. Then they have their bye week. Yes, it's here in Miami. Um, they have their bye week, and then they finally start ACC conference play versus North Carolina here at home. Well, let's go, Kane fans. The game is next week. Do we have a time yet? Uh, three thirty. Three thirty at the hardball at the um, at the Hard Rock, not the Hardball. Hardball. Hard <laughs> I'm still thinking about Hardball. Yes, I'm it sorry is three thirty. Hardball, uh, you know, but you know, you can't win them all. Three thirty, Middle Tennessee, uh, Saturday, September twenty fourth. Be there or be square. And with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to Dak and Rick's Pod. Uh, be sure to follow the pod at Dak and Rick's Pod. Be sure to follow me personally at Dak two five underscore. Anything you'd like to add before we end off? I'm excited to see them next week. Show up, guys. Be there for the Canes. Making a call to all of our 10 fans. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be sure to like, follow, uh, rate it five stars. Listen to the pod. And we'll see you guys next week.